0: This is In Ear Insights, the Trust Insights podcast. In this week's In Ear Insights, we're talking things YouTube, YouTube analytics specifically, and got a question uh, actually is left over from the Marketing Profs B2B Forum this year. Uh, How should we be thinking, marketers, about YouTube analytics? for B2B marketing, because a lot of the times, you know, with B2B, you have much longer sales cycles and things, what's the impact? So Katie, I know we've talked about YouTube analytics extensively, because we obviously have this podcast, we have our live stream and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, And we don't necessarily see YouTube show up in our, uh, our, our direct conversions, right, or even in our multi touch attribution model at any level. But you've been of the opinion that it does have value. And have you even been encouraging me to pick up uh, my daily show and and start that uh, up again. So from a a B2B marketing perspective, what is that you think about YouTube analytics that makes it incomplete that you think there's a there there, even Mm -hmm. though our current models don't show that?
1: Well, I want to step back a little bit and sort of talk about the utility of YouTube for a B2B marketer. And so this is a conversation I've had with a couple of uh, my friends uh, who are also B2B marketers, and their first thought is, well, I don't want to have to sit on camera all day, I don't want to create videos of myself. And I think it's that misconception that a video has to feature you, it has to star you as the main focus. And we've done tutorials and walkthroughs and demos that we're not even on camera, you can just sort of have the voiceover. Uh, webinars, you know, whatever the thing is. And so I think first and foremost, you can, as a 2 B2B marketer, you should be creating videos that demonstrate your expertise, but you yourself don't have to be front and center and camera ready. You know, you can have a presentation up, you know, pretend you're teaching your team, you know, a skill. It can be, you know, a 30 second video, like a little snippet, a pro tip. Um, and so with that, with it, with the way that I think about YouTube, it's an introduction to who you are, it's an introduction to what your business does. It's an opportunity to showcase and that to me is awareness. And awareness is something that typically at least that I've seen falls to social media channels, uh, if you're B2B, and I consider YouTube a social media channel. So that's sort of the way that I think about it is put YouTube in the awareness bucket at the top of the funnel and share those videos across different platforms, but use them as a "Hi, we're trust insights. This is what we do. Here's more about us. Here's all our videos on change management. Here's all our videos on, you know, Google Analytics and explaining. So that's where I feel like, YouTube might not show up at the bottom of the funnel with the conversions, which is where a lot of our attribution models focus, but it does it should be showing up as an awareness. And so we, we should be seeing it as a channel that drives traffic to
0: our website. When you use YouTube as a consumer, putting aside the marketing perspective, how do you use it? Do, let's exclude pure entertainment. like uh, let's excluding you know, I'm just gonna watch some Foo Fighters videos. When you use YouTube mm. with some intent, how do you use it?
1: I use it as instructional. Um, And so, you know, we've used the example of baking bread, you know, as an analogy. Well, not so much figuratively, but literally, I go to YouTube to learn how to bake bread. And so for me, it's watching people, you know, with the kneading techniques or watching sort of to see what I can expect the dough to look like or how much it should be rising. Because if I've never done it before, I don't have a point of reference. And so I, it's helpful to have that visual cue of like, in three hours, this is how big it should be. Um, you know, I've used YouTube to figure out how to fix the internet connection on my TV. And so there was a whole tutorial video on how to safely take apart my smart TV and fix one of the cables so that the internet could keep connecting. And so I use uh, you know, aside from watching, you know, music videos, I use it as instruction. So teaching me how to do something. Um, you know, I've used it to, you know, scope out campsites because you know people love to take videos of what they're doing, and so if I can sort of see as like a visual point of reference what to expect when I go to a campsite, campsite I've never been to, I'm like, okay, this is the kind of stuff I'd need. This is the space I might have. So I use it as instructional and educational
0: that's really interesting because from an analytics perspective when we think about youtube analytics you get stuff like views you get stuff like impressions mm-hmm. you get um you know uh video completion uh all the behavioral aspects of the video but the way you're describing it if we think about the marketing operations funnel and the different types of search mm-hmm. it is what you're doing is actually closer to the end of the funnel than the beginning right you're you're not searching for sh- should I go camping to alleviate my my stress of, of business right you mm-hmm. you've identified the problem mm-hmm. you're not even searching for you know what are ways to relieve my stress from work right you you you've identified the problem you identify the solution it's camping and mm-hmm. now you're it's it's you know from awareness to consideration now you're an evaluation almost which camping site should I go to or mm-hmm. and this is something that I never hear in relation to youtube analytics and it and the way you're talking about it makes me think about it we're always talking about the customer journey but like 95% of the time when marketers say that they really mean the buyer's journey they mm-hmm. don't mean the owner's journey and when i hear you talking about you know making bread and stuff you already own the oven the this the that but you're doing owner's journey searches how do i make this thing that i own more valuable to me like mm-hmm. i have 50 pounds of flour what do I do with it? Uh, You know, how do I do these things? And from an analytics perspective, that means like we were talking about on a previous episode, you have KPIs for each stage of the Mm -hmm. buyer's journey, you have KPIs for each stage of the owner's journey. And if you're going to be using YouTube analytics properly, you have to be doing correlation analysis at each stage, okay, do YouTube analytics, the views and impressions and subscribers and stuff. At which stage in the in the total customer journey do they have the strongest correlation because mm-hmm. from what i'm hearing you say it sounds like for some companies it could be a, a a very strong customer retention metric
1: i think that you know i think you're exactly right and so in thinking through the way that i was describing it you're right i'm not looking for you know someone to hire I want to do the thing myself, I already own the thing, I already own the camping gear, I already own the flour and all the other stuff, I need someone to show me how to use the thing that I already have. And so you're absolutely right, YouTube is a great retention, you know, and you find those channels on YouTube of content creators who have been helpful. And you're like, Oh, let me see what else they can help me with. And so there's one um, uh, recipe channel, one cooking channel, rather, Um, where I really like the chef, he's never I've never seen, him. he's never been on video. It's always just him making a thing, but explaining it in such a way that's very simple, not condescending, assumes that you don't know a lot, but it also treats you respectfully, I guess is the way to describe it. Like, it's not like, you know, let me explain what flour is, you dummy, you've never heard what it is, there's assumptions of what you understand. But then there's also an authenticity he shows you when it doesn't work out. He's like, this is what I did. If you do it this way, this is how it's not going to work. So if that's if that's the result you get, that's probably what happened. Let me go ahead and do it again and show you the right way once I learned from my own mistakes. And those are the types of content creators that I gravitate toward because of that authenticity. We all, you know, mess things up. And actually seeing the imperfections means I want to see more of it because it's likely to happen to me. And so that, for me, is like my retention. I keep going back to the same content creators because I'm getting something out of it, and I'm learning something.
0: It's interesting because now that I think about, it, we know this intuitively. Like when we produce uh, reports for se- uh, several of our customers, we record video walkthroughs of them. Um, mm-hmm those are don't show up in our YouTube analytics while well, they do technically, but we don't count them because they're really not intended for the general public They're intended for like five people. Mm-hmm. But we know that if even two of the five people we've sent it to watch it, it's done its job. Mm-hmm. And so I think that changes how we need to think about YouTube analytics. I think it changes how we need to think about using the data in there. Because when I think about what's in YouTube analytics, it's actually, I think it's missing a lot of stuff. I think it's missing stuff that we're, we don't think about, um, and yet would be relevant. So I'm going to pull up YouTube analytics here. And if you're listening to the podcast, uh, you can find this, uh, the the video I'm sharing uh, over at trustinsightsai slash YouTube, that's the the URL. And so this is a standard YouTube studio interface, nothing special. There's no no, you know, crazy new stuff here. And these are all the different things that we get average, you know, view duration, watches, views, subscribers, gained, subscribers, lost likes and dislikes, comments on the video, uh, uh, clicks on cards. And it seems to me that this is missing stuff that is really critical to understanding how YouTube analytics fits into our customer journey. Specifically, we can't look at any of the numbers that we have by the topic of the video, or what we say in it. Because mm-hmm. we like we can only see here's the top video. So I'm looking, uh, you know, for example, the top videos on my channel in the last 28 days, how to use Google Analytics to measure LinkedIn, which has a five year old video now that probably needs to be to retired and replaced. Um, Bose Quiet Comfort Earbuds, uh, noise cancellation test. Uh, solo farming ash inverter that's like fourteen years old at this point. Uh, an episode of So What, uh, business core competency, uh, a U.S. guy answer episode. And from a topic perspective, these are five wildly different topics. Uh, but I do see that a lot of these U.S. guy answer videos are now you know showing uh, you know, some good long tail growth. But the topics aren't in there. The topics are not provided as dimensions. We would have to engineer that ourselves to say, this is a video about uh, Google Analytics. This is a video about regression analysis. This is a video about Google Analytics 4, et cetera. And so maybe as we think about YouTube Analytics, we need to be thinking less about just the, the numbers themselves and the nuances in the numbers, as well as where we map it to in the customer journey, which is a lot more work.
1: In YouTube, um I guess that's so in as we're talking about the owner's journey and using it for retention are you able to see returning users and are you able to cuz I know so one of the things that we've started to do is break down our videos by playlist can you see m- numbers for those playlists specifically so that you can say oh my Google Analytics playlist seems to be more popular than my SEO playlist
0: no, um, you would have to to do the bucketing yourself, um, and then count Out up the uh, count up that data. And yeah, you can't see new versus return. You can only see, um, the the views themselves. You can see the, the people who are subscribed to your channel after watching that video, uh, which is a good general proxy for the value of the video, if, if mm-hmm. you know, to your example, or if you watch this thing, for this person, you're like, wow, it was really great. And you gotta hit that subscribe button, because you want more from that person, but you can't mm-hmm. see new versus returning.
1: That so to your point about missing metrics, that to me is one, you know, as we're talking about retention is a missing metric. And so it's great to get new users. And that's, you know, where we started, that's the awareness. But then that retention of people continuing to come back, And so as we think about it in context of B2B marketers, one of the things that we know is that people are so nervous about giving away their secret sauce of telling people how to do the thing. Well, if I tell them how to do it, then they won't hire me. That's just not true. Because not everyone has the resources to do the thing. They may understand how to do the thing, but not want to do the thing. Uh, They may not have someone in house who can do the thing. And so being able to show someone what's in the box, how to do it doesn't mean that you won't continue to get business for the thing. What it shows people is that you know what you're talking about. And so when they have that problem, they're like, Oh, well, Chris knows how to set up Google Analytics for I've seen him do 600 videos on it. He probably knows what he's talking about. So I'm going to hire him to do that for me now. And so I think we as marketers have to be less concerned about Giving away our secrets and more concerned about demonstrating our expertise.
0: Jay Baer says this very famously in a lot of his talks, and it's true. And, and the analogy works having the recipe doesn't make you a chef, right? right. Just because I watched the video on YouTube on how to bake sourdough bread does not mean that, okay, I'm done buying bread. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs>
1: I made pasta dough last week for the first time. I looked at recipes, I watched videos, and let me tell you, it still came out terrible. <laughs> and so that then therefore I'm not going to stop buying pasta anytime soon I'll continue to work on it you know but just because I watched a video doesn't make me an expert doesn't mean I can do the thing myself
0: That's true and also I, I it's very relevant to B2B but this is true in general if somebody is so adamant that uh, they're gonna watch the video, and then they don't have to buy from you, you know, they, they don't have to. they can stick it to the man, right? Mm-hmm. They're not going to be a very good client. They're not gonna be a very good customer, they're gonna nickel and dime you to death on everything, as opposed to Katie, what you were saying, which is, yeah, they may know how to do it, but they just don't want to, they want somebody else to do it for them. They don't have the team, they don't have the talent, they don't have the time, they're like, mm-hmm. just do it for me, here's five grand or 10 grand or 100 grand, just do it for me, please. Um, It's the same reason why you know, restaurants exist. It's not because we're incompetent. It's because we just don't feel like cooking tonight.
1: Right. And so it doesn't mean that, you know, nobody's ever going to cook again. It just means today, I just want to break from it. If you take it even a step further, you know, then why do schools exist? Why bother teaching anybody anything if you're so afraid that someone's going to do it better than you or different than you? Like, then don't teach anybody anything ever. Like, and that's just a ridiculous statement. And so, teaching someone how to do something doesn't mean that they won't then ask for your help or buy it from you. It just means that you've shown I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking about. And right now, there's so many people who don't, who get away with you know not demonstrating their expertise, but are just really uh, charismatic speakers, but they don't really say anything. Being able to break it down to its most simplest form of step one, I do this step two, I do this, I could watch a video on how to rebuild my car engine. It doesn't mean I'm going to do it myself. It's probably a terrible idea. (laughs) And so in watching that video doesn't mean I'm never going to go to the mechanic again, if anything, I'm going to see how complicated it is. And I'm going to definitely want to go to a mechanic after watching the video. And I think the same is true with our B2B marketing. And so the more I learn, Chris from you about how to properly set up an email campaign. It's not enough to just write like a quippy email with a funny subject line. You know, you have to think about the deliverability. You have to think about the cleanliness of your list. You have to think about the servers themselves and all of those things that I just don't wanna do. And so guess what? I'm gonna hire you to do it every single time because the more I learn about it, the less I wanna do it.
0: (laughs) That's fantastic. And so, (laughs) if you're a B2B marketer, and you want to see this in your in your, uh, you want to see the use of YouTube analytics there's a couple things you need to do. First, you will want to um, be able to download the data out of YouTube itself, because YouTube does not integrate well with many marketing automation systems. To the extent that you can, we recommend putting YouTube videos embedded in content on your website. The reason for that's pretty simple. Your marketing automation system will track pages on your website. And if you know which pages have YouTube videos on them, then you can automatically say, okay, these pages um, have videos. And if these pages do a better job of converting than pages without videos, then you have a good sense of YouTube's qualitative impact on the ability to lift a page's ability to convert. Um, and then the, the thing that, again, gets ignored so much in in all marketing, but especially in B2B marketing is talk to the customer and ask them, Hey, have you watched any of our YouTube videos? If the answer is no, after, you know, three months or six months or nine months of doing this, then okay, probably YouTube's not working for you, uh, or you're not producing content the customer wants. Ask them, Okay, well, what would you like us to make videos for you? And if the customer says, I'd rather read blog posts, then you have your answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the customer says, I really wish you would make a how to video about X. Mm-hmm. It now becomes pretty obvious what you should do, and your YouTube analytics will then reflect that. Because if your video is titled "How to Clean Your Email List," if your video is titled "How to uh, Use Google Analytics for Attribution," and those videos do really well, then you know what to be creating for, for a YouTube, and you will see the impact of YouTube on your B two B marketing.
1: Two analytics questions for you, Chris. Uh, number one: If you embed the YouTube video on your site. Uh, can't, isn't there a certain type of goal that you could set up that is like, watched a video. And so that would be one metric. And then the other metric I'm wondering about, um, that actually really just escaped me. I thought it was a really good question too. dang it.
0: (laughs) Well, let's tackle that first one while you think about it. Okay. Um, yes. In fact, in Google Tag Manager, not only can you track whether somebody watched the video or not, but it has YouTube integration built in no surprise, it's a Google property. Mm-hmm. And you can measure the percentage of the video that somebody watched. So, if so, you know, when we put up this episode of the podcast on the Trust Insights website, in uh, at, at Google Analytics, we could see did people on average get to 50% of the show and then they're out 75% of the show? Did they watch the whole mm-hmm. show? Uh, at what point do we lose people? And you can see that both in YouTube natively, but also in uh, if you set up Tag Manager properly, you'll see it in Google Analytics in the events.
1: So I remembered my other question. So YouTube is not only a social media channel, but in effect, it's a search engine. And so yes. you can look at YouTube on Google Trends, for example. So you can find out. What people are searching for and the timing of when they're searching for those things so very similar to creating your text based content you can also uh, from google search you can also look up youtube statistics to find out topics that people are looking for so you can use your exact same keyword list uh, that you would use for creating blog content for creating your YouTube content creation list, Um, Chris, it looks like you're pulling up something on your screen. Um, But basically, you know, you can use YouTube as a secondary search engine. So the way that you do SEO for your blog content, you would want to do something similar for YouTube as well to figure out timing and the kinds of things people are looking for. So you should definitely be using Google Trends to look at YouTube uh, data, and then you should be looking at. It looks like you have this uh, in Search Console. Can you hook up YouTube to
0: your Search Console? So this is a really good question. You don't have to hook up YouTube. Uh, just like Google Trends, uh, you see here. This is my Google Search Results performance, and mm-hmm. here's search type web. I'm going to switch from web to mm-hmm. video, and now I can see. You know, the, the, is there any performance? Um, I've got 82 clicks, 2,900 impressions. And guess what? These are some of my YouTube video titles. Hmm. And so So, now, go ahead. I was going to say so, this tells you what people are
1: searching for and how they're finding your videos.
0: Exactly. Now, this is still, these are the videos that are on my website. So, this Mm -hmm. is not on my YouTube channel. But to your point, if you use Google Trends to figure out the broad appeal of a topic, and then you dig in here in search console to figure out, okay, what are the things that people are really interested in, that I have videos for that are searchable, you can see where the gap is. So like, if, when I look at this, there's a lot in here, a lot of questions about Microsoft clarity, and I've done a couple of mm-hmm. videos on it. It looks like I need to do more. It looks like I need to do uh, you know, a, a Microsoft clarity in depth review or the way which we use it for our clients. Because this is in my site. And because I've got search type video, this is what shows up in Google search results. In you know, when you type a search into Google, and you see uh, those, there's Mm -hmm. like, uh, all the different sections, of the page, there's that little string of videos. These are my videos that are showing up there. And so from a a YouTube analytics perspective, this is not YouTube data. But these are videos that I show up in Google search for that. Guess what, if I'm a B2B marketer, and I've got how to videos for like product stuff, if I do a good job with this, I can intercept those how to inquiries before somebody goes and finds a competitor because the videos show up at the top of search results before the actual search results on the page. So from um, a, an SEO perspective, this is really important. Right? Mm-hmm. This is stuff that you want to keep track of and should be part of your overall YouTube analytic strategy. So before you close out that screen, Chris, can you just pull up Google Trends
1: really quick? And again, for those who are listening to the podcast, you can find uh, this walkthrough on our YouTube channel, uh slash YouTube. And so if you search for, you know, put in Microsoft clarity, uh, just as an example into uh, Google Trends. The point here that I'm trying to make is that as you pull up Google Trends, you can switch web search to YouTube search. And so, uh, you know, if there's enough data for it, people don't seem to search for it a lot. But, you know, you can take a topic that you care about as a B2B marketer, and try to find out, okay, are people even looking for this on YouTube? And if they are, is there any kind of trend or seasonality that I should be thinking about in terms of creating the content? Um, You know, and so maybe Microsoft clarity is not the best, you know, example, it actually
0: is if okay. you look at the data, you can see that, you know, obviously, there were announcements along the way, and it is starting to pick up steam. It is. Hmm. And it's, it, I it's, I set this to worldwide, because anytime, you know, it, it, Google Trends, I think defaults to the locale that you're in. Mm-hmm. If I want to attract traffic from different regions, I might want to create videos where those searches are popular in those other regions, as as long as my YouTube account is not creating geo locked videos, you know, which you have to do intentionally, um, I could find to your point, YouTube being the largest search, second largest search engine in the world, I could find new audiences this way, that I wouldn't be able to find that maybe this is a super competitive term in regular search. But I can get around that by being popular in YouTube search.
1: Mm-hmm. And so there's definitely more than meets the eye with using YouTube and B2B marketing. And so, you know, just to start to wrap up, think about YouTube as not only an awareness channel, but also in a retention channel. And so how are you using it for yourself and for your company? Are you using it to teach people things? Are you using it just to be a talking head? And, you know, show off all the times that somebody caught you on video. So really think about your intention with the channel, and then start to map your metrics to what that intention is. And so for us, it sounds like there's two things. One is awareness, so people can learn about us. But two is that retention so that people can learn how to do the thing either for themselves, or in my example, learn that you want nothing to do with the thing, and you still want to hire Chris to do it for you. (laughs)
0: Ha <laughs> If you've got comments or questions on anything we've talked about in today's episode, you can have a discussion about it with us and with over 2100 other marketers in our free analytics for marketers Slack group, go to trust insights.ai slash analytics for marketers, uh, and join today free of charge, no cost, very little personal information collected, and we're all very friendly. And at, wherever it is that you watch or listen to this show, if there's a channel you prefer to have it on except for Facebook, you can find us at trust slash ti podcast. Again, uh, it's trust insights.ai slash ti podcast for you where you can find this show in other places. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Need help making your marketing platforms processes and people work smarter. Visit trustinsights.ai today and learn how we can help you deliver more impact.